0: Well, yesterday, for the first time since um, the pandemic started in March of 2020, I was able to visit a Cook County jail. I'm one of the priests that they call sometimes to go hear confessions and uh, visit with the men in Division 9 um, at Cook County jail. And because of COVID, just made the restrictions uh, super onerous for anybody coming in to visit that wasn't essential. And so some of these men hadn't seen a priest or uh, a chaplain in years literally, uh, so or more than a year at least. And it was a gift to be with them. Um, I went in and I just brought in the, the gospel reading that, that I just read from uh, this Feast of Christ the King, Pilate and Jesus in this conversation about the nature of the kingship of Christ. And I had some very interesting things to say. One of the older gentlemen, not a Catholic, he just said um, very clearly a Christian, said, one of the things I've always wondered is, you know, if Jesus were just here and we could see him, like instead of you walking in here, it was Jesus Christ, uh, and you were doing miracles and changing water into wine and all this stuff, there would be no question. People would just believe you, believe in Jesus, and, and then we'd have the kingdom of God, because the only thing keeping us from living in that kingdom is us turning away from him, not listening to his word, not loving our neighbor as we love ourselves and all that stuff. Like if, if everybody lived the way that Jesus wanted us to live, then we'd already live in the kingdom of God. And he was saying in his mind, it seemed like the obstacle to that was that he was invisible. Jesus, you know, it was just a book that we were reading or this or that. Um, he wanted Jesus in the flesh. And to me, that was a very a beautiful sentiment. But there we were reading this reading of Pilate in front of Jesus. Jesus, the very same man from Nazareth who had done all these miracles, who had preached in this winsome way and, and uh, multiplied loaves and healed lepers and paralytics and blind people. And yet, here's Pilate, and all he can think about is himself. He's just asking Jesus questions, not for knowledge, not to find out who he really is so that he might listen to his word and serve him as his king. He's just wondering, are you the king of the Jews? Are you, are you somebody important that I need to worry about? If I kill you, is that going to hurt my reputation? Or if I let you go, is that going to be bad for my political position? He's just so wrapped up in his own plans and projects that he can't see the man who's right in front of him, Jesus. And so in fact, the nature of the time and history that we live right now, Jesus is more intimately present than he was even to Pontius Pilate, standing in the same room, or to Jesus and the apostles, the twelve at the Last Supper, when Jesus says, one of you that's sitting at the table with me right now is going to betray me. And Peter says, no, I'll, I'll never abandon you, Lord. I'll even die with you. He says, Peter, before the sunrise, before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times that you even know me. These are his closest friends that know him, that have seen him, they have walked with him. But they don't yet have the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the time in history that we live in, the age of the church, is post-Pentecost. Mm-hmm. Now Jesus has died, he's risen from the dead, ascended into heaven to the right hand of God the Father, and then sent his Holy Spirit on the church. And so now Christ is intimately present, more intimately present than he was in that room with Pontius Pilate or with the apostles, to us here in this room, especially you know celebrating the Eucharist. But even in that jail, and this is what I tried to convey to these men, and I think maybe they know even better than I, that by themselves in a jail cell, Jesus Christ can be present to them in their hearts. And that's not just make-believe. That's more real because he can fight these victories. He can win these victories in them in a way that Pilate is sort of helpless on his own against the machinations of his own will, his own willfulness, his own ego. And so what's wrong with us, That the reason we can't get to the kingdom of God right now in this world um, it's not because Jesus isn't present enough. It's because of our hearts, our hard. They haven't yet opened up to the gift. And I feel bad for Pilate, right? He gets his name thrown in the creed every Sunday, crucified or under Pontius Pilate because he just washed his hands of it. He missed his chance. He didn't see the gift that was right in front of him, Jesus Christ, and what he wanted to give him and what he would have done for him if Pilate had knelt down not said, I have power over you, I'm a governor, I'm an important man, but rather knelt before Jesus and said, I'm a, I'm a sinful man, accept me in your army, in your kingdom, right? What's wrong with us is our hearts. The kingdom of God is not over some horizon, that if it, it was just this way, or if the world were just different, or if, if other people would get their acts together, we could live in this kingdom. It's right here in our midst, he says, in our hearts. And the thing that really struck me, one, this guy walked up to our table at the jail and um, was started listening. He wasn't there for the whole Bible study, but he you could tell he had strong opinions. And he just looked around at all the guys. There was like seven or eight guys around this table. And he said, how do we end jail? And I was like, that's kind of a weird question. But they, it, it resonated in all their hearts, I could tell, by the look in their eyes. And one after the other, every man said, Stop doing wrong. Don't commit crimes. Whenever there are people doing wrong, there will always be a place like this, being locked up. I was expecting them to say, you know, the world is out to get us and we've been wronged and it's the system. But in there, those men all knew I have control. (laughs) I can say yes right now to the kingdom of God. That's my identity. It doesn't matter what the world says or where I am, if I'm locked up or if I'm free. Interiorly, I can always be free because Christ is king and I serve him. That really moved me that here these men were more free than many people we run into every day in the free world because they lived in this kingdom. They, they knew that this king, who also was a condemned criminal, who accepted the, the punishment for sin, although he did not know sin, says, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were of this world, my attendants would come, they'd save me. They wouldn't be abandoning me. They wouldn't be running away. They wouldn't be denying that they know me. And maybe that's what's really hard about serving Christ the King, is that we know that to follow this King, to serve him, if that's what he suffered, then what will it mean for us to be in his kingdom, to be a servant of his? It's going to mean suffering. It's going to mean sacrifice. It's going to mean not being much in this world. But in the world to come, in the other world, the world beyond and behind this world that gives this world meaning and makes this life worth living, that's glory. That's sainthood. that's a crown in heaven. And so this final feast of the year before we start Advent next year, Christ the King, it's a culmination of everything, of, of what our life's purpose is, of what the church's purpose is, why the Holy Spirit's been sent. But Jesus is not less present. On the contrary, he is more present. And in this Eucharist, we, we receive him. In the humblest possible way, he comes to us. Um, And yet we enthrone him in our hearts. He's our king whom we serve. And being part of his kingdom, we also inherit that kingdom.